Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another huge episode of the Multiverse Report, because tonight we are recapping Star Wars Celebration 2023 from Naboo to Tatooine and everywhere in between. I'm one of your co-hosts, Mike Gibson. With me as always is Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? Too much news to handle in a single episode and or with only two people. So we did bring right. on a special guest, Tom Beck. That Tom Babcock, welcome to the pod. <laughs> How are we doing, buddy? Thanks for having me, guys. I'm really glad to be here. Thanks very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for joining us. Um, uh, I just met you momentarily before we started, but Steve <laughs> has told me that you're a big Star Wars fan and that you had a lot of uh, thoughts and feelings about uh, Celebration, and we're looking forward to uh, diving in together and dissecting all of this. Cause I haven't, I mean, I certainly haven't talked to you since I just met you, but I haven't <laughs> talked to Steve cause he's been gone all weekend. So this is really the first time that the two of us get to like kind of dissect stuff and theorize and whatever. So I'm really pumped we were just talking before we went live, how this episode could turn into a <laughs> long and rambly one. So buckle up <laughs> listeners, <laughs> watchers. If you're watching us on YouTube and you want to chime in and you want to, you know, leave your opinion if you're uh you know uh if you disagree with what we're saying or uh wholeheartedly agree please we want to hear from you if you're watching live so uh don't be afraid to do that so like i said yes we are recapping star wars celebration i feel like we got updates on almost everything in one way or the other i feel like we've got updates on almost everything we've been hearing about for the last however many months or like to or years even like whether it was like uh, directly from an announcement on stage or Kathleen Kennedy giving a side interview or whatnot. Like we heard about uh, new stuff we hadn't heard. We didn't know about. We also heard about like Taika's stuff and series and like other things that like tangentially related. And it's just, it's just a whole bunch of stuff. We're diving right in. We're going to start with the biggest, I think the biggest announcements that we got out of star Wars celebration. Also, I got to say, I think they were like the, kind of the first ones we got and i like a note to future like san diego comic cons i much prefer getting this information early in the morning and then just being excited all day instead of just waiting until like nine o'clock at night to get yeah. like oh you're getting a moon night show I'm like oh okay yeah it was kind Great. of insane now I'm, like i i got i'm sitting there uh i was on vacation up in new hampshire this weekend and i'm sitting there in the morning, like not expecting yeah, my yeah. phone to go crazy. And all of a sudden I'm getting texts coming in left and right of they announced this. They did that. And I'm like, what? It's like, I, know. I just woke up. What are you doing? Oh, wait, it's in London. <laughs> it's great. Oh, wait, or celebrations happening. Oh, God, what's happening? I know all future come and not all your stuff at nine o'clock in the morning. Just be in a good mood all day. It's the yep. best. Yep. So anyway, OK, diving right in. So. There's a, the first big panel was like a Lucasfilm showcase panel, and they announced three new Star Wars movies. So Kathleen Kennedy came out, and they uh, they put up a timeline behind her. Timeline with all these different symbols. Um, the timeline started as things that we've mostly recognized, at least. If, if not, if we hadn't heard them described this way before, we at least knew what they were talking about. The Old Republic, the High Republic, Fall of the Jedi, returning as referring to the prequels, 
Reign of the Empire between the prequels and the original trilogy, Age of Rebellion, original trilogy, New Republic between, uh, you know, that and the sequels, and then Rise of the First Order, which is the sequels. And so far, that's the furthest that we had seen, Old Republic being the earliest we had seen. And then she said something about how George Lucas always wanted Star Wars to be told over multiple timelines, and we are going to be continuing that. And behind her, when she said that, the timeline expanded. And at the far uh, early end of the timeline, the uh, a symbol for Dawn of the Jedi appeared. And on the uh, future end of the timeline, a symbol for New Jedi Order appeared. And the audience lost their minds. <laughs> so then they said, we have three new movies we're going to announce. And they brought out three directors. And we're going to kind of go like one by one here. The first yeah, director well, they well, brought out. Before we get to that. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, Tom, Tom is a student of the old expanded universe, much like myself. Oh, great. So, Perfect. Because yeah. I am not at all. <laughs> we, we lose Mike on the old EU stuff. Uh, yeah. But um, the when they expanded that, those are two names we've heard before. Dawn of the Jedi yeah. is like they they did a whole Dawn of the Jedi series in comics and they even wrote a book, I believe. Uh, I think there was at least one. Yeah. Yeah. On the the Dawn of the Jedi era, which um, hmm. in, intriguing in that own right. But then New Jedi Order, when I heard that, there was a twang of mild regret that they're using that name, but also hope that they can do it remote justice. So for any, some moldy crow vibes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, I had yep. to look out turn. Yep. So the new Jedi. So Order, why is that the new Jedi order? Is that something that was like bad, like a book that was not great? No, it was actually. Uh, so the, the new Jedi order was a massive, like, and when I say massive, it was like 40 different pieces, be it novels or whatever. And other tie-ins okay. of, uh, Actually, I think it was like at least 23 full length novels um, oh, of this era. Oh, wow. Uh, That's post, way more than I thought you were going to yeah. say. Um, like Luke has formed his academy and is training new Jedi. And so it's post Return of the Jedi. It's yeah, not as far of the Jedi. as we're talking about now. Okay. Right. Uh, yes, it would be about. Oh, okay. It might be about where the sequel trilogies are because. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's it, a good. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the old EU. Uh, Han and Leia had three kids. They're all grown. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Anakin. Um, the the two the twins that they had are, I believe, during the New Jedi Order, probably in their early twenties or somewhere in that era. Um, okay. But it's it's all about a galaxy wide invasion by this sentient species they use on Vong which sound very similar to the Grisk uh, that we'll probably talk about later as well. But um, so, so the Grisk is actually canon stuff, um, Mike. So we'll, we'll tie that in later. But okay. the Yuuzhan Vong are this extra galactic invasion that created this whole storyline for a 23-book arc. So them reusing wow. that name was like, oh, yeah, wait. They're not going to do the same story. Oh, wait, what are they going to do with this? Why are they doing this? What's going on? Well, I, f I feel like there's been a number and we're going to talk about a few of them as we get into this stuff that I've, there's been a few times when the expanded universe has been mentioned by either Kathleen Kennedy or like Dave Filoni. So like I wouldn't be what? What? My camera just went weird. It did. Oh, did it? 
Oh, I'm on. looking at your basement. Um, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, for some reason, my, sometimes my my phone like needs to thinks it needs to connect as the camera, and I never want it to, but it just <laughs> always does. So okay, well, hopefully that doesn't happen again. Here we are. Um, so anyway, I wouldn't be surprised if they take elements from that. Yeah. Um, I mean, they know what they're doing when they use that title. They know that title's been used before. You know, like so. Well, and I um, guess you could equate it to the Marvel side where. You know, yeah, Age, Age of cool Ultron was nothing to do with that arc or the, the like, comic story. Yeah. yeah. Um, so right. they're, maybe they're taking something from across the aisle and trying to to use these catchy, grabby yeah. titles that people or know. Like, I mean, I mean, I haven't read that series, but like something that you say about like a, an alien invasion kind of yep. does set that up, would set that apart from. Like how many times have we seen uh, just like the rise of a new fascist regime <laughs> where right. the good guys have to take them down? Like, and I I like that every time they do it, I sign up, I go to see those movies. <laughs> but at the same time, like I don't need it to happen like a fourth time, right? <laughs> you know, like oh, yeah, we it's, kill almost, it's almost like another level. You know, it's like it's like the further out than like the Chiss, like the thr- like you had Thrawn and like Chiss was like outside, and then you've got a whole nother level of even further, which kind of expanded the whole galaxy. Like right. You were talking about Steve, which is a huge thing. You just make the worlds better. You so know, to or do bigger, that, I should say. yeah, to do that instead of, you know, blowing up the 17th death star. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I don't need another death star. I don't need another empire, whether you call it the empire or the first order. I just <laughs> certainly don't need Palpatine to come back. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yo, give me a new threat that isn't, you know, it can still like uh, be a, an analogy for fascism, but it doesn't have to be like legitimate political right. fascism. Like, and I feel they don't like, have to be holding Nazi rallies on screen every single time we do this. Yeah, exactly. And and not that that's like not again, not that I wouldn't go see that because I definitely would, but <laughs> it would also be refreshing to see like a new threat that isn't necessarily a political regime. Yep. You know. Um, okay. Anyway. First director comes out on stage. <laughs> first, first, we're not even to the yeah, first. Yeah, we haven't even made it to the first yet. part of the celebration. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours later, we'll be signing off. Anyway, uh, James Mangold com- is announced as the first director, and this is something we had not heard about at all. No rumors, no nothing. And you know what? When I think about this, Steve, he should have been somebody on our radar because he's already working with Lucasfilm. He's directing the new Indiana Jones movie. Like he should have been someone on the radar. I I feel like because the reason that I did not think about him as a possible director for a Star Wars film is because he was just announced as writing or directing, sorry, a Swamp Thing movie for DC. So I thought, oh, that's going to be what occupies his time for the foreseeable future. He's not going to be doing anything else. He certainly, you know, after Indiana Jones, Swamp Thing is going to be the next thing that he does. Right. And now apparently he's doing Swamp Thing and uh, a new Jedi or a origin Dawn of the Jedi movie at the same time. So he is announced as directing a movie that takes place in the quote Dawn of the Jedi time period. It's going to deal with the origins of the Jedi order. It's going to take place 25,000 years before Anything that we've seen before, which is wild to me. This also marks the only, or the first canon pre-Yoda thing that's happened. Yes, mm-hmm. that's a great way to put it. First thing that happened without Yoda being uh, born. Um, it's been described as a biblical epic. And uh, he gave an interview. James Mangold gave an interview saying, 
It's a chance to tell the entire story of its own, the birth of the force. When I first talked to Kathleen Kennedy about it, I just said, I see this opening to make a kind of Ben-Hur or the Ten Commandments about the birth of the force. The force has become a religious legend that spans through all these movies, but where did it come from? How is it found? Who found it? Who was the first Jedi? And that's what I'm writing right now. So when I first saw them announce this Dawn of the Jedi movie, I thought, oh, it's going to be an origin of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. And it is. But to have it also be an origin of the force itself is wildly interesting to me. Uh, spoiler tie-in. Uh, the Dial of Destiny is actually what's going to unlock the Force. <laughs> oh, man. They're <laughs> so connecting. We're spanning Lucasfilm universes. But, uh, Tom, from your end, take it. you know, uh, what are what are your thoughts on this one? Because I know it's it's something outside of anything we've seen before. Because even, even the old Dawn of the Jedi was what Mike was describing of, like, the start of a the, the G, order Jedi itself, like order the, back yeah. in the day. Yeah, I, I think I think there's a couple cool things about that. I think the first thing is like, how are you going to portray the start of the force? Yes, yes. You know, as the idea of a of this this energy field that surrounds surrounds us, binds us, you know, binds the galaxy together. This this idea of, um, you know, how how is this going to manifest itself? I mean, are we going to talk about a world where there's no such thing as midi chlorians and then all of a sudden there's some kind of spontaneous creation right, and right. then i think and then the other the other thing that interesting to me at least as a, a starting point is when you talk about that far in the past you know are, are we talking about and again this is cuz it's all brand new are we talking about does hyperspace travel exist are we talk you know technologically wow. speaking are we talking about is wow. this literally is this yes. literally there's a planet I, there's a planet that that the force exists on and then it slowly spreads through hyperspace travel so we can you know it's I, I, I can say uh knowing the high republic stuff this will be pre hyperspace travel because even in the high republic they're barely discovering these hyperspace lanes so i we, did so not know that and that makes me incredibly excited to see it like so this this is a this potentially could be a star wars movie the first star wars movie that takes place entirely on one planet mm. um which i think would be incredible like you said tom like is it does does it only exist on one planet and then spread or is it a thing is it a thing that just is always there and just no one's tried to tap into it before or it gets accidentally accessed somehow like regardless of how they do it i think it's an incredibly ambitious and wildly interesting uh thing to do but, you know, like with any Star Wars storytelling, I feel like you run the risk of alienating half of your fan base if you don't do it, quote unquote, the right way, you know, um, as Star Wars fans are uh, famously uh, famous for debating um, anything that gets done <laughs> in the Star Wars timeline now. Um, but, yeah, the fact that it is so set so far in the past, it's not even like 100 years, it's tw 25,000 years I can certainly see the appeal for a writer director, someone like James Mangold. He can literally do almost anything that he wants and not have it affect any part of canon. I mean, he just has the like we know that the Jedi have to exist at the end of his movie and the force has to exist at the end of his movie. That's it. <laughs> so there's Pretty no. I think of, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think the other thing, too, is you, you hear him talk about it, you know, being this this kind of biblical 
epic or this Ben Hur thing, you know, one of the things that pops into my mind, I think, you know, you, I also saw this when you think of the Knights of the Old Republic, you know, the videos or the, you know, the the YouTube videos they had, you know, the trailers. Are we going to have some kind of like a, a, a kind of a play on something from the Bible, like like a Cain and Abel thing? Are we going to have two sure. brothers who, yeah. you know, discover this? Is this going to, you know, it's going to kind of be... Yeah, you know, like you said, there's so there's so many directions and there's so much open space to kind of build in. Yeah, I mean, if they really are, if they're really going to lean into like a religion angle, is there going to be like a Christ-like figure that first accesses the force and you know develops these followers or people that don't believe, and he's got to like convert people or whatever? And will that person be sacred? Like, how much of a Jesus analogy is this going right. to be? Like, it could be full on um christianity but i mean i mean george lucas always talked about the force being like an amalgamation of a, a bunch of different religions so i can't see them going like maybe that direct but i can certainly see them having like a martyr as the you know the main character maybe right yeah i think be, this is where too steve you would be familiar with too like uh, you know like the the wills the idea of the wills yeah, which yep. has been yeah. kind of teased in things like clone wars and rebels maybe this is where they make their Rogue first One. appearance into the galaxy right Sure. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where where they end up rolling with that because that's it's definitely something that they can expand upon and like I don't know we we know the whole thing was based on the first script being titled the Journey of the Wills or the Journal yeah. of the Wills so it's like okay what the hell are those maybe this is where we find out what that all was so it would also be cool if like. I, I like I like the movie Solo quite a bit. We've talked about it on this pa- podcast before, but a lot of people that don't like it, and I certainly see it as this too. Like I see its faults for sure, but like um, people say, like it was just like checking boxes of like how to make a Han Solo. Like <laughs> this is how he gets his gun, and this is how he gets his ship, and this is how he gets his best friend, and this is how he gets Lando. Like all these are like yep. check, check, and how check, he gets check. his name. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I I kind of. I mean, there's a way to do it that you could make this movie like that, but like it would kind of be cool if, yes, this is the origin of the force, but like there's still no lightsabers in this movie. You know, like there's no, it's not necessarily like I have the force and, ooh, what's this mysterious crystal? Like you don't have to, don't, you don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. You want to make a sequel, then you save the lightsabers for part two or whatever. We we need something between Tuck Tuck discovering the force, like, well, smashing rocks to make fire and like full blown lightsaber combat. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. Especially if the be... technology is going so far back. Yeah. Like you're talking about with the no, that's a no hyperspace. I mean, maybe it's between two planets or, you know, there's a lot of, you know, like when you have like with Mandalore and, you know, the moons or different planet, you know, Yavin, maybe there's another one that has a lot of Jedi. Oh yeah. History the Masasi from and that whole thing. Yeah. That's true. Man, though, oh, I did not think until. I miss <laughs> Tom, un- until you, uh, Tom, until you said that, I had not thought about the technology angle because like, more or less in every Star Wars movie, the technology is relatively the same. Like there's like some advances here or there, but like 25,000 years in the past, like maybe there's not even uh, space travel at all. <laughs> like what if it really is only on one planet because they don't have a way to get off that planet? Like that would be wild and incredibly interesting to me. And it would certainly be something it would certainly be unlike any Star Wars movie we've seen before, um, which I find to be very exciting. <laughs> amazing so all right the second director they brought out on stage and this was something that was are you laughing because we're just on like second point i just i just looked at our time chart already and we're at 20 minutes on (laughs) the first movie here we go (laughs) not even done not even done 
some of the later ones we might be able to breeze yeah. when we get to the series we might be able to breeze through some of the other ones but like like i said these are like the these big, are the meat yeah these are the big ones uh okay dave filoni dave filoni ever heard of him um showrunner co-creator of the clone wars uh co-creator of mandalorian uh if you don't know this guy's name then you haven't been paying attention to the credits on any of the star wars stuff you've been watching for the last five years at least or more if you see if you see someone in a cowboy hat at celebration that will be yeah. dave filoni <laughs> or a tribute to dave filoni yeah. big fan of wolves <laughs> yeah. big fan of wolves yeah. uh-huh yeah that's true <laughs> um so yeah dave filoni uh, is now getting to direct his own movie. He's going to direct a film that is going to serve as the culmination of the Mandalorian and other Disney Plus shows. The term Mandoverse was used to describe uh, these shows. I'm not sure that I'm wild about that. Um, Don't but like this the is term, one of the things... like the concept. <laughs> What's that? Don't like the term, like the concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is something that uh, that was mentioned to be drawing upon legends and the expanded universe um and it's going to tell the story of an epic battle so um when they say the mandoverse um they're talking about the disney plus shows not all of the disney plus shows because something like andor takes place in a different time period however mandalorian ahsoka and uh reportedly skeleton crew and book of boba fett all take place around the same time, five-ish years after Return of the Jedi. At least they start five-ish years after Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So all of these shows, characters from these shows, may be able to uh, come together to be in a uh, theatrical feature film. I think it'll be really great to see Mandalorian, you know, Din Djarin in a, in a film. I think that'll be super cool. Um, about this movie, Dave Filoni said, on a base level, I would just say the coming conflict, the growing idea that the Empire wasn't as defeated as a lot of people want to believe and that the Remnant is out there. We saw that from the very beginning with Mandalorian and uh, the character of Gideon, what he was plotting. There are always people that are willing to undermine something that the Republic is trying to build and put back on its feet. I grew up with a lot of stories in the expanded universe that were exploring what happened after Return of the Jedi. There has been this idea that the conflict persisted after Return of the Jedi, even though the heroes won and were more in control. What did that control look like? And since The Force Awakens is 30 years out from Return of the Jedi, we have room to tell another story. That's what I'm coalescing into this time period. Super cool. Also, real quick before we dive in, Kathleen Kennedy, speaking to Entertainment Weekly, also said, and this quote from Kathleen Kennedy got me pretty excited. She said, I hesitate to say that it's a big meetup from just those series because Dave has been developing Star Wars storytelling inside Clone Wars and Rebels and so much of the work he's done for 20 years. So it will be little bits of all of that. There are a lot of sources he's drawing from to see where we're going. So when she says that, when she brings in Clone Wars and Rebels and all the characters that aren't necessarily on these just live action Disney Plus shows, that really opens the field for what we can see, who might be in this movie, and what kind of team up and what kind of villains we're looking at that we're going to see in this series. Yeah. What do you guys think about this? What is your uh, level of anticipation and or excitement for the Dave Filoni Mandoverse movie? Live action Mieber Gascon from the droids uh, episodes. <laughs> yes, that's dude. exactly what I want. Yep, that's exactly I just want what that I want to see. Frog man. Yes, yep, that's hundred exactly percent. <laughs> that's the only thing I want out of this. <laughs> Setting the bar low. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, I think I think I mean I don't know. 
how detailed, you know, in terms of like the old EU, because obviously they mentioned that, but yeah, you know, the, you've got you've got so much that maybe they want to tap into. I mean, you know, you, in addition to Thrawn, who obviously, you know, we'll probably talk a little bit more about later, but sure. obviously has been hinted at and and but you had, you know, uh, you had all the different warlords. I mean, I, I really yeah. like this idea that Dave Filoni's going with of, you know, it's it's a big galaxy. Right. And sure, after Return of the Jedi, you know, the Death Star's been blown up and the the Emperor's dead and Vader's dead. Um dead. Well, but spoil, there's a, spoiler alert. Right, air quotes, right. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and uh, somehow. And uh even in the EU they they dealt with Palpatine, you know, yeah. not being dead for super yeah. long. But and Dark Empire you, you didn't do it that much better than what they did in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. But true. So you right, so you had Dark Empire, which right dealt with clones of in the EU. And again, stop me if I get really nerdy here on this. Uh, but you get into the clones, uh, or not clone the clones of Palpatine. Yep. You know, so he comes back, and you have an issue with Luke Skywalker trying to kind of take down the empire from within and then you get into the warlords you know zinge and and isard and all these imperial oh if they could do isard or similar leadership huh if they could do isard and bring in oh like, yeah they've been touching on the imperial security bureau bureau so much that all i keep wanting to see is yasan isard or her father like show up somewhere um, i want to see those two different colored eyes yep just in the dark, the red and the blue eyes that she, yeah. So you have all these people who've taken, you know, again, you know, like they're kind of hinting at here. There's a lot of ships out there. There's the star, all the star destroyers were not at Endor, and some got away. And there's other yeah. planets that the Empire had, and so right. And that was you know, it, it's that was a big thing. See. Big thing, Mike, from the old EU was, uh, I believe there were seven super star destroyers, and whichever Grand Admirals had control of those super star destroyers basically became warlords. Sure. Okay. And that's, I mean, that's kind of what we're seeing, not, not in that vein, but like, uh, you know, we're seeing the whole, uh, yeah, Gideon pockets and of survival like the pockets of the empire. Of, yeah. yeah. Like they're branching right, off you see that with Gideon. Yeah. I think you For see sure. that with Gideon to a smaller Absolutely. degree. You know, he's got yeah. his little cadre of stormtroopers, but like, yeah, like Steve was saying, you've got these warlords with super star destroyers that control sectors of the galaxy. And then the New Republic has to kind of, yeah. planet hop so to speak mm -hmm. uh to to kind of root them out and deal with them that way so th that's very possible you know especially like what you were saying about kathleen kennedy saying that feloni has been involved for so long and and he knows such a amount of history with star wars that he really has that ability to really expand and, and like you said add things that we don't even necessarily think are going to show up sure. um speaking of that how likely do you two think it is that in this movie, teaming up with Sokotano and Din Djarin and Grogu and probably the crew from Rebels, if the trailer for Ahsoka is any indication, yep. how likely is it that Luke Skywalker will be in this movie? Since we've seen him in both Mandalorian and Book <laughs> of Boba Fett, are we going to get a CGI Luke Skywalker in this film? And do you want that? To me, it very much depends. I don't know if I, I don't want a CGI necessarily. If right. you're going to have him in a full movie, recast the shit out of him. He's fine as he is in these shows and these little blips and blurps as, okay, do what you can. They they killed it in Boba Fett as far as that episode. 
Uh, there was some slight. He looked un- a lot. He looked and moved a lot better. And yeah, there was a lot of Uncanny Valley in like after after the shine wore off of the finale yeah. of <laughs> yeah. uh, season yeah. two of Mandalorian. After I wiped the tears out of right. my eyes and watched it a fourth time, I was yeah. like, man, he's not really it's, moving his face a, a whole lot. There's a little Uncanny Valley there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like, yes, that's getting better. But still, just recast it. Like, and I'm sure Hamill would say the same thing. Like, have yeah. Hamill coach somebody to As an be advisor, the new. Sure. Yeah. Like, it, to me, yes, Mark Hamill is Luke Skywalker, but he's not the only person that's ever played Luke Skywalker. There's been recasts in, in Star Wars all over the place. Yeah. So, Tom, how do you feel about uh, CGI Luke Skywalker and all this stuff? <laughs> I mean, I think, I think if I can, I'll just go to the second point you said about like what I want it. I don't know yeah. if I need it or want it in this, just because I think if. And I haven't seen anything in the EU. It was like this, and I, I don't see anything otherwise from what's happened to Mando. I think that Luke's mission in his mind is the new Jedi Order. Yeah. Yep. And focusing on that, and and he's kind of taken a, even in what we've seen, you know, the bits and pieces. He's kind of taken a step away from the galaxy at at, at large to Seems take like the time it, yeah. to really try to train. So I don't know if you, I don't know if having him in there, whether it's a CGI or a recast which I, I agree with you steve i think that that would probably be a better route to take yeah yeah i don't know if it makes sense for him in there and i think from a movie perspective if you're already talking about ahsoka and din yeah. and some of the other characters like you almost are overloading the movie at that point that's true that's at least in point. my mind yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I only thought of it because we've seen him in two of the other Filoni shows um, already. And I agree with uh, both of you that I feel like it should be recast just because like even though he looked better in the Boba Fett episode, I think I said this on a previous episode, like he still sounded like a computer was talking. There was no like inflection in a lot of his yeah. speech, like the vote, the, the speech pattern was like very kind of dry and it, like, I don't know, make him see, maybe let, just let Mark Hamill voice him or something. Cause like a live actor could do way better, like with delivery of those lines than that, like re-speech or program Wait, that they Mark, use. Mark Hamill can um, voice act. Really? Yeah, that's pretty well, pretty well, actually. And he <laughs> voices him in uh, forces of destiny. I just yeah. watched forces of destiny yes, with my does. son. He voices Luke in there too. And I was like, Oh, I didn't realize that he actually came back and like, yeah, he sounds a little older, but he still sounds but like it, Luke. It's not James know, Earl man. Jones in rebels old. Yeah, exactly. Or in Rogue One. Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so and you could put him in. You could put him in as like a a, a voice or like a hollow transition tr- transmission. You know what I mean? Right. Where you're not sure. really zooming in something where it's like, yes, go and do, you know, go do this or, you know, put him in an X-Wing if that's something you wanted. You know, I mean, again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, you check in with him and you can, yeah, you know, you do him in a hollow and yeah, the voice doesn't need to be as crisp and you can probably de-age it a little and make it a little less wonky and it doesn't yeah. have to be an a plus if it's a hollow you're fine yeah um i'll be interested to see what direction this like shapes up as because i feel like saying it, it's a culmination of some of these series right and we don't know they didn't announce release dates or production dates for any of these movies so we don't know and they even said it's early days for all three of them so mm-hmm. We know Lucasfilm has a track record of announcing movies and then canceling them. So who knows if any of these three are going to make it out of make it out alive. And also um, uh, just the fact that we haven't seen the end of Mandalorian season three or season four or we haven't seen Ahsoka yet. Like we don't know how those series end or shows end. 
maybe Thrawn is going to be the big bad of this movie. Maybe he dies at the end of Ahsoka and they're going to set up somebody else for the, you know, the big bad of the series, like this movie. Who knows? I'll be interested to see what we can possibly glean for the plot of this movie based yeah. on how these series end. And, and for the record, forward. I think Tom's with me in if Thrawn dies at the end of Ahsoka, I'm losing faith in a lot of things. <laughs> Because that <laughs> well, is too good of a it, character to just throw out the with the bathwater. Yeah, well, I think, too, the interesting thing, too, is if you can if if they, you know, it, it makes me hopeful because it's Dave Filoni who's doing this. You know, you talk about, you know, Mike, you were talking about how we haven't even finished. We haven't even started Ahsoka. Right. It makes me hopefully and I'm trying to be I hope I really hope that they've they've already figured out how all these other series ends. And they already have a plan, right? You know that's yeah. in place. So then, when he does this movie, he already knows. Right. Even before he starts production, he knows like this is how Mandalorian's going to end. So Ahsoka's going to end. This is how Skeleton Crew's going to end. Now, Hopefully, they, there's planning for that. Did they say specifically that this movie is going to happen at like? Is Mandalorian going to end and then this movie's going to happen? Or is there a possibility that this movie will, like, I don't know. I, I read a couple different things. People thought that man, this movie meant Mandalorian was ending, but I didn't see, like, Favreau or Filoni yeah. say that specifically. So I don't know. Like, it could be like that maybe this movie takes place between seasons four and five or three and four or something. Like, right. We don't really know that. So, yeah, I guess we don't know. Um, but yes, I agree with you. I hope that, I mean, I feel like if, he wouldn't have been appointed. He wouldn't have been given a movie if he didn't have a good idea for it. And because he's the shepherd of all these series, I feel like he's got to know right. what has to happen to set up the movie and what has to happen to, you know, come out of the movie if if there is going to be series beyond the film. Well, and I so mean, we'll all. we'll figure out what the Filoni Avengers are doing soon enough. But until then, we don't yeah. really have any any clue. Right, right. All right, and the third director that they brought out in our first story, which was which was the <laughs> only director we knew was actually directing a Star Wars movie. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. We've heard all these comes and people coming and going, all these rumors about everything else. One of the three people we knew that was directing is still directing, still came out on stage. Charmaine Obeyed Chinoy was directing a movie that was going to be written by uh, Damon Lindelof and Justin Bert Gibson, but they left the project. Now it's being written by uh, Peaky Blinders guy, whose yeah. name I don't remember. Same. However, she came out on stage, and it was announced that she will direct a film set in the New Jedi Order time period. Now, this is further along the time period than anything that we've seen. It's taking place 15 years after the rise of Skywalker, so 15 years after the events of the sequel trilogy. It's going to focus on the rebuilding of the Jedi Order. And she said, I think that's the heart of Star Wars, meaning the Jedi. And that's why I'm attracted to the promise of a new Jedi Order. And then uh, the host said, uh, who's going to be rebuilding this Jedi Order? And she goes, I can do more than tell you. And she turned and she said, come on out. And who walked out on stage? Daisy Ridley, confirmed to be returning as Rey. She's going to be playing Rey 15 years later, obviously, as a Jedi Master, establishing a new Jedi Order. She was not announced as being at Sour Celebration, so fans lost their minds when she walked out because she wasn't supposed to be there. She said, my heart is pounding. I'm very thrilled to be continuing in this journey. Now, Kathleen Kennedy then said to an interview with Entertainment Weekly, um, 
I like a lot of this quote. I'm confused by the first part. She said, we left episode nine with Ray making a commitment to Luke Skywalker that she would rebuild the Jedi Order. We did? I do not remember that happening in that movie. Yeah. It hasn't been that long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hasn't been that long since I've watched Rise of Skywalker, and I'm pretty sure that is not a point of conversation between the two of those characters at all. But okay, I attempted um, to watch it within the last three months, and I still don't remember that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she went on to, and this is what I think is interesting. She said, "And so here we are. We're ready to do that. The question is." The question that we're going to ask with New Jedi Order and Rey is, does the galaxy need the Jedi anymore? Do they want them back? So there's a lot of food for thought in what we're doing, whether it's past, present, or future. She also hinted that it's possible that other sequel characters may return for this movie. I think that's obvious. Um, Not obvious who, necessarily, but it's obvious that they will try to bring others. Babu Frick, come on, Babu Frick. Babu Frick. (laughs) (laughs) So... All right, I think the the question of does the galaxy need a new Jedi Order is very interesting, and I hope in this movie is examined why they why she's starting up a new Jedi Order. Is it just because she thinks she owes it to Luke? Is there like another reason? Does she believe the Jedi need like I want? I need to know. I need there to be a why uh, as her driving motivation. I think um, now. Okay, let's dive into this because I feel like from what I've heard. The three of us are uneven on our opinions on the sequel trilogy. I tend to enjoy them, although I un- I realize that Rise of Skywalker, not a great movie. I tend to enjoy the sequel trilogy more than most people that I talk to right. <laughs> in general. Steve, I think you're a little split on it. From what Steve has told me, Tom, about you, you seem to be a little negative on the sequel trilogy, as many Star Wars fans are. So, yeah, where so I, I... I think I split somewhere down the middle where... I enjoy yeah. a lot of the characterizations. Characterizations. Oh, there you go. However, the rest of everything involved with it is a shit show. Okay. Okay. Um, just in the general structure and uh, like seven, good. Eight, I liked where it was going. Nine, U-turn really threw the whole thing off for me. Sure. Sure. But I, um, I enjoy the characterizations and the characters and what could be what could be. Yeah, I mean, I think I think all of our I think we all share the same frustration as many Star Wars fans do. Like you were alluding to earlier, Tom, when you said you hope Filoni knows where it's going. The -hmm. biggest frustration amongst any Star Wars fan with any of the sequel films is that they didn't have a plan from start to finish and they just let directors do whatever. And that led to retcon after retcon after switching decision into Mm -hmm. trying to please everybody and not. You know, I would have rather have gone with like a specific vision and just said, who cares what everybody thinks, whatever. Anyway, I personally, I'm a big fan of the character of Ray. I'm wearing her on a T-shirt right now. Very happy to see her come back. Um, we I kind of expected that we had heard that she was having lunch with Kathleen Kennedy at Lucasfilm, despite saying, oh, we didn't talk about Star Wars. Yeah, sure. You didn't. Um, but uh, so we kind of thought this might happen. Um I'm excited that she's coming back. I'm excited about the new Jedi order. It makes sense that that's where they would pick up the story. I, I always want to know what happens next. Like I want to continue the story. I like all the, like the whole plugging that they're doing with like, this is what happens in between these two movies. This is what happens in between these two trilogies. Great. But I also want to know, I want to move further down the line. I'm excited to know what happens next because star Wars is unique amongst many fandoms is that it's not based on source material. They're not adapting books. They're not adapting comic books. The movies 
are the canon. The movies are the source material. So we don't know what happens until the movies tell us and whether or not we like that. That's right. whatever. And, that's up to us. And <laughs> right, now, us. On, right yeah. now on either end of it, we're in, you know, brave new territory here. Yes. Yeah. So, new territory in the beginning, new territory in the end. So anyway, Tom, Steve, whoever, thoughts on this film, thoughts on returning of Ray, thoughts on just uh, sequelizing the sequel trilogy and what we're going to look at. How? What are we feeling about this? Fire away, oh, Steve, you go first. Okay. Um, <laughs> my personal thoughts, I, I like that they're going above and beyond the sequels and hopefully yeah. can wipe clean that mess. Um, they they did some things great they did some things really poorly and if they can just have a vision and continue to move forward 15 years beyond this and just go then i'll be okay with it and i'll enjoy it and i am glad they're revisiting like and also for the record if john boyega does not return god damn it they are missing a like that this has to be this has to be ray and finn like it doesn't have to be. Okay. It would be cool if it was. It should be. And it, <laughs> if they don't, it's their fault for alienating John Boyega. Yes, <laughs> also true. Yeah. Uh, and for also creating a character, without getting into it, too, creating another love interest for the same character yeah. in one of the sequel trilogy movies. <laughs> right. Yeah. With Ross. Another mess. Um, the Yeah. Yeah, Boyega, though, like, that could be too perfect to set up and go. And yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Here Who we knows? are. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see if he comes. I back. mean, I, I think that I think that I, I, putting aside sequel trilogy or like Ray yeah. and just trying to focus on the for me because that's the best. I think the best way. I I think this is a great idea of creating a, uh, you know, building the the new Jedi Order. Uh, I think it's interesting that what they said about, you know, what Kathleen Kennedy was saying about people figuring out whether or not the Jedi have a place. For me, it, Personally, I'm like, of, of course they do. It's right. Star Wars. Sure. What, what, yeah. You know, but, yeah. you know, I think that there's that there's some interesting ground in there. I think, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. What I'm interested to see is at this point in the 15 years in the future, how built up is this new Jedi Order? Right. Yeah. Because like, that kind of makes the question, you know, if it's two people, if it's Ray and, you know, two, uh, two other apprentices, then right. it's going to be a harder sell for me to, to be like, of course the galaxy doesn't care. There's only three yeah. people. Like yeah. they're on one planet at the same time. Like, of right. course, nobody cares. But if it's like, two, right. if it's the like 200 people, right. If it's like 200 people right. with lightsabers. OK, that's that's important. That's right. that's more, you know, prequel level of Jedi generals that can run a war, can, you know, lead troops right. and stuff like or, that. Yeah. Or that, be throughout and, the galaxy to peacekeep or mm-hmm. mediate or do whatever, you know, uh, yeah. to to go to that blockade on Naboo. Um, the the other thing is. <laughs> Tom, through the EU, they always they touched on that a lot of are the Jedi needed? Like as Luke was rebuilding the order, that was a big thing that they went into. Yeah. And like how the Jedi were going to exist and the new Jedi. And in the EU, it was, you know, don't shun attachment. Don't like don't shun emotion. Just control it don't right. like uh, don't have the full dogma just you know do what works and yeah it, it it may be an expanding on that or finding that happy medium or 
you know, for every Kip Duran who flies a sun crusher into a planet um, or a star, uh, you know, you have, uh, I guess, the the failed academy as it was. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah. am. I- Sorry, go ahead, Tom. No, no, go ahead. I am interested to uh, just piggybacking on like the both things that you guys just said. Like, I'm interested to see because it's 15 years after Rise of Skywalker. Yep. Like how like you said, Tom, how far along is she into doing this? Has she just started to try to do it after 15 years? And if so, why did she wait 15 years? And or or was she has she has it just been hard because the galaxy doesn't think they need Jedi and then maybe something comes along a threat like we talked about earlier that proves that okay maybe we do need Jedi and now maybe we are interested in what this woman said to us you know five years ago when she tried to get us on board um so maybe it's a thing like that um I also want to know um if it is her if it is Finn like who else might be there how is it happening? Broom boy. And are they it or I would like to what you were saying, Steve, I would like her to, although it is a new Jedi order, not necessarily like be so strict to those ancient Jedi texts that, you know, caused the Jedi to not see uh, the rise of Palpatine and to like fail. Also, like, um, like I was kind of like it. It makes sense when they line up with the sequels, but like that episode of Boba Fett where Luke is like to Grogu, you have to choose because Jedi don't, you know, you can't be attachments. You can choose Yoda's lightsaber or you can choose the uh, shirt, his mithril shirt that uh, Jin made for you, you know, like, um, and I was kind of like, oh man, you should, you should, Luke, you should be the one to say, no, I succeeded as a Jedi because of my attachments to my friends. Like, I want him to see that, but it also, like, lines up with the mistakes he's going to make later on in, like, Last Jedi. So, like, he... Right. I get it. I get that wild story, but, like, it's heartbreaking. Luke's attachments so, to oh, his friends and his father were the only reason we have a trilogy. Right. So I wanted him to learn from that, but also showing that he doesn't learn from that is what makes Last Jedi, like, flow into the timeline. Anyway, I don't want to get into that, but, right. like... um. But I hope that Ray is because she's seen the mistakes, because she has seen and she also has read the ancient Jedi text that they well, talk she, about. in she Last couldn't Jedi have because so Yoda decided to burn them sitting on a log. No, she has them at the end. Of, she took. Them. Oh, yeah. At, the end, yeah. at yep. the end of Last Jedi, they show that they're on the Falcon and she's looking at them in Rise of Skywalker. It's how she knows where magically how she knows where all this stuff from the Empire's happening. Somehow. That movie's, that movie's bad. Recur- Somehow. Yeah. Recurring theme. <laughs> um, Somehow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the I think the other anyway. thing that's cool too is is, is if if or, or or interesting at least for me and I don't know what you guys thought because I kicked this around too when I saw this is at least for me personally the term Jedi Master is kind yeah. of like it's a that is a that is not something that gets thrown around so when they right. refer to her as a Jedi Master and we talk about the fifteen year period one of the other things I add in is and again maybe they'll explain it early on but you know at the end of the rise of skywalker the way i see where she is she's like a jedi knight at best that was probably her knighting yep. moment type thing yeah right that was right that was like kind of the moment of becoming uh a knight so where does this this ability i mean is there going to be a, a a kind of another mentor figure you know that that is in the bridge and that's where she becomes the master 
uh, figure yeah. because that's kind of a big thing to throw around. I mean, Luke doesn't even really refer, refer to himself as a Jedi master. Yeah, you know, or he like much later. Or he, Luke talks about like the hubris of the Jedi and the hu- and his own hubris a lot in the Last Jedi. And maybe that's because he didn't have anyone that officially said, yeah, now you're a Jedi master. And he took it upon himself like, oh, yeah, I'm a Jedi master because I'm the only one that's left or whatever. Like, I hope I agree what you're saying. I hope there is even like I hope that because what this is what I wanted to happen in Rise of Skywalker and it didn't. I wanted Force Jedi Luke Skywalker to be all over that movie. And he's in like one scene of that movie. Like it made no sense to not have him be like all over the place, like teaching Ray. And also tormenting Kylo Ren, like, I would have loved that. So I think, like, why not have Force Ghost Luke or anybody? Give me Force Ghost Luke and Yoda and Anakin and whoever else. Like, and if Leia. She are, and Leia. Yeah. And yeah, sure. Like, if she, if if Rey has, she's already contacted all of these. We've seen her utilize the spirits of these uh, Jedi. Um, Yeah, well... Yeah, but I don't want Ahsoka to be dead. I know it's like so long. Of course, she's died. Like how she doesn't live forever. Well, I mean, right? she like, she literally heard her voice in Rise of Skywalker. She did so hear her voice. She, yeah, so she's yeah. dead. She anyway, won. anyway, I want. Uh, I I would love that, like you said, Tom, like that a, a bit of mentorship to somehow establish that she has earned the earned the rank of master, so she feels qualified or is qualified. Um, mm-hmm. And isn't doing just out of isn't repeating the mistakes of the past again, like we've seen so many Jedi do in the past. So, yeah, um, again, will be very interesting to see um, see more as we hear more about all three of these movies. Um, moving on. So something else. This is a little this is a smaller thing. But uh, in also in this interview with Entertainment Weekly, Kathleen Kennedy said that the opening crawl to Star Wars movies is coming back. Um, it's been associated with obviously all of the saga move saga movies, the, uh, Skywalker saga, the episode films, but was not in rogue one was not in solo. And, uh, she told, uh, entertainment weekly, the crawl is coming back. Then the interviewer asked her if it was going to only come back for R- the Ray movie, the new Jedi order, because that is the most sequely. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Like they're not really calling this episode 10. It's just like a, it's a sequel to this to the saga, I was going to ask you about that. I was going to ask you guys episode. about that. Yeah. yeah, like what? It's wh- weird. Why isn't it episode? <laughs> why isn't it episode ten? That was one of the things I didn't want to get into it, but now that you've brought like, why is it not episode ten? Right. Well, like here's what I think is really smart. I think it's smart that they announced one movie and not a trilogy. Yeah. You know what? They didn't say we're making episodes ten, eleven, and twelve. Because if they did, that's expectation city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like right. And I think because they like put that to bed. They don't like and I th- I think the best thing that this movie, the the Ray New Jedi Order movie has going for it is that it is hopefully for the most part done with the baggage and all of our childhood expectations that come with us watching a sequel to uh 1977 Star Wars A New Hope. You know what I mean? Like and although this is a sequel to that, technically, I hope that they're like, yep, Skywalker Saga, Vader, Sky, all that stuff. That's like in the past and it's done. This is a new thing. Right. So I maybe it will. I don't know. Who knows? Like they said, it's early days. If they're like, you know what? This is good enough. Let's call it episode 10. I still think we'll they see. should have gone full legacy and gone like 100 years into the future. Cade Skywalker, like that whole thing. Um, mm. I don't know. You, I'd assume you never read those uh, comics, Mike. 
I've heard the name Cade, but I don't. Uh, I haven't read the books. So they literally took uh, took the timeline a hundred years into the future. Uh, there is a well. The the Sith are back in force. Uh, the Ooh. Fells, like Baron Fell, and uh, have created a new empire that's actually the good guys. Uh, oh, the the last remaining Skywalker is this Cade Skywalker, who's a drunken mercenary bounty hunter. Uh, awesome. That is just like doesn't want to assume the mantle the, of and, his name. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's it's really it's a good good series. Like if you ever see the trades, I may have them sitting around, but they're you know put it on nice. the stack of things to read because they're good. Yeah, actually, Sounds John good. Ostrander is uh who wrote. Oh, it, so amazing. Yeah, even better. Who also wrote? Uh, I just noticed. That's what made me partially think about it. Uh, Dawn of the Jedi, the book that I was talking about, yeah. that was written by uh, or base. Uh, I guess one of the short stories that's tied into it is written by Ostrander as well. Oh, wow. Cool. So he's all over the place. Wow, that's amazing. Awesome. And a huge. Um, so what do you guys think about the crawl coming back for these movies? Because it's so like I kind of liked I really liked how they did it in Solo. There was like a little bit of like. Here's what we're talking about text and like the blue long time ago text. Yep. And that was it. Like Rogue One, it was all right. Like a font for Rogue One was a little weird, but like, I don't know. I liked how they did it in Solo more than I liked that they did it in Rogue One. But I also liked that they were separating it from the saga movies. But also now there's maybe not going to be any more saga movies. So right. I don't want to never see that crawl again ever. So that I like that. Uh, but what do you guys think about the crawl coming back? For non-saga I mean, movie, I think I think, yeah, I'm kind of torn about it too. I saw Steve, you're kind of you know, like, yeah. like, I, yeah, I, I don't necessarily need it. I, I'm wondering if the reason that she brought it up is now that we're talking about such vast, at least with the the Mangold film, such vast time jumps, right? That maybe you need a crawl for something like that. You know, I think people, you know, maybe the thought is, you know, stuff that's around the nine, you know, the Skywalker saga, we don't need to crawl for because we kind of know what's going on. Yeah. And and it's we don't need to, you know, and so like when you had like with with Rogue One, you know, you would get like the, you know, the name of the planet kind of would pop up or yeah. something like that. You'd get like just that little like, OK, so we're here. But like for me, I didn't even really need that because it was just kind of like, OK, we get it. It's a beat up kind of planet. But Mm-hmm. I, 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 maybe that's what her thought process is, is that when you're talking about 25,000 years in the past. Right. Yeah. You kind of need you a little differentiate one way. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even for like right. the new Jedi Order stuff, you got a 15 year time jump. You know, you got to set the stage somehow in there as to like you start up that and people that aren't uh, filming podcasts about Star Wars uh, are <laughs> are going to see Ray and they're like, oh, this probably happens right after you know sure at the end of episode yeah. nine so they need something that says right. it is 15 years yeah, yeah, yeah right something something at least setting the stage for it whereas yeah if it was a direct continuation or like like they're saying they're not going to do it for any of the tv series where you have these yeah. serialized continued storylines it makes sense that they're not going to use it for them it would be pretty amazing if they didn't call if they didn't call it episode 10 at all but when we get to the theater and we see the crawl, just it comes up as episode 10. Yeah. It would be like, what? The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it, also, it, like, it, I feel like. Go ahead. 
No, it would, it would just be it would be really interesting to to like to like you said if if something like that would pop up or or you know you made a great point earlier about how you like to see what's going on in between like this three and then there's here's the chunk between these yeah, two. Yeah. My concern would be the crawl. If you put something in there, are you limiting your ability to kind of really show what's going on in between, or putting yourself in a position where, oh well, we put in the crawl of this movie that in this time period this thing happened. Now we can't. Yeah. If we go back in between, we have to do that because yeah, that's true. Crawl. So maybe that's, that's part of the concern too. I almost feel like writing a crawl has to be one of the hardest parts about writing a Star Wars movie. <laughs> like that's just got to be. It's such like heights of expectation insane um but also like uh, to that point too like i feel like lucasfilm you're making star wars movies just for like branding alone like that's just for me that's one of the greatest the slight pause between long time ago in a galaxy far far away and bam star wars like it's just like the greatest the greatest experience you can have in a theater so like you have that ability you should be putting it in front of every one of your movies <laughs> you know like that's yep. that you want that branding out there so yes more silence, or less i guess i'm glad it's coming back that gap between the silence and the horn blast heading into yeah you're like, like waiting for it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i cried when i saw force awakens wakens i cried when that happened i was just like <laughs> ha, ha, i haven't seen this in so long and it feels like star wars again oh my god <laughs> it is real it is real um yeah so we got a slight update on the Taika Waititi film. Nothing really new. Um, nothing was announced. Or he didn't come out on stage or anything. But she did say, this is Kathleen Kennedy did say, Taika is working away. He's writing the script himself. He doesn't really want to bring others into that process. And I don't blame him. He has a very, very unique voice. So we want to protect that. And that's what he's doing. But we're going to make that one. We're going to make that one day. So this is still happening but not in it's not green lit it's not an active development and she's like giving him his time i guess which is great i think i feel like this quote is really good to hear like she understands that he has a very unique voice and she's still letting him do it like a lot of the a lot of the complaints about kathleen kennedy in the past have seems like and i mean complaints based on things that she's done is firing people that have unique voices uh, or maybe too unique uh, for the Star Wars universe as she sees. So the fact that she's still letting a risk taker like Taika Waititi write his own script, um, I feel like that's encouraging that we will actually see this one day. What do you guys think? I don't know if I want to. (laughs) Whoa. You don't know if you want to see a Taika Waititi Star Wars movie. Is that what what you're saying? Oh, wow. This like that, Thor Love and Thunder uh, I, runoff? I think it might be. And it's just hmm. like, I I love Taika's independent stuff. And, yeah. you know, I Our Flag is Death, great. Uh, what, uh, what We Do in the Shadows, great. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, absolutely Jojo Rabbit. freaking yeah. A+. Plus. Yeah. Thor Love and Thunder. Like when he has to work in a sandbox or in, in not in a not in his own sandbox, I get worried. This quote helps me slightly, but I just don't know if his voice fits what my brain says Star Wars is. Hmm. And that's interesting. That is ebbed and, and you know, over the course of this pod, that has ebbed and flowed numerous times. When sure. it was announced, yeah. I was pumped. And then I was like, yeah. Eh, and then I was great, like <laughs> back on top. And then here I am again. Right. So, yeah, I don't hmm. know. Tom thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, it's funny. I'm kind of with you as well in the sense of like, I, I, it's not that I don't want to see 
what direction. I guess it just it's so early, and yeah. not just with like his movies, with all these other, there's all these other kind of like oh we're gonna do this movie and then it kind of goes away and then we're gonna do this and it comes. I guess I'm just kind of like I want it to be good. Obviously, anything Star Wars, I want it to be to be good, and I think sure. there is a unique perspective for for him. But I just I just don't know it's hard to it for me it's hard to read into that quote and be excited because it's good that he's getting the time but i don't know like is that time yeah like, when's the runway for that is that five years from now is it two years from now is it 10 years from right. you know it's kind of one of those like i want to get excited but how long exactly you know, okay. yeah yeah so you just keep talking about it over and over again like i'm gonna start to be like well we're never gonna get there so yeah how long until we see this movie or until it gets canceled? <laughs> like right. one of those two things. I want to be excited. I don't want to be let down. Well, um, I think that may be part of it too, is we've heard about this for how many years now? A long time. Yeah. So yeah, it's like it, the, the, the burn, it, 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 there's a difference between a slow burn and just like a smoldering pile of ash. Yeah. And I think it, it also, sorry, I was just going to say, I think we're there at this point for me. Of like, okay, okay I think it's it, just there. We're hearing about it again, again, and again. <laughs> yeah, I think it really depends. I mean, this, and we're about to talk real quick about the Ryan right. Johnson trilogy with Kathleen Kennedy also mentioned, and she's mentioned before, there's no real new update there. It's just kind of reiterating the same thing that she has said. But like, I think both of these, the Taika Waititi and the Ryan Johnson, I think depend heavily on what they're about yes. and what they're focusing on. Because we don't know anything about that. Like, I don't want Taika Waititi to make I don't know, a, a Luke Skywalker movie, or I don't want right. Taika Waititi to make Andor season two. You know what I mean? Like, um, I want Taika Waititi to be a, do a completely original, out of the box thing that I never knew that I wanted, which he is capable of. And I know that because of a movie like Thor Ragnarok, I did not think right. was possible. And then he knocks it out of the park. Um, so I think that's the same. I think that's true of that. And I think it's the same with Ryan Johnson. And um, Kathleen Kennedy said this quote about the Ryan Johnson trilogy, which was announced like before the last Jedi came out even. And then that movie got such a, you know, a 50, like it almost an exact, some people love that movie. Some people hate that movie um, that they started, you know, kind of pushing it to the side, uh, pushing the news of his trilogy to the side, but they, they gave him his own trilogy initially because they loved working with him. And he had, he had no problems on set. There was no delays. It was like the easiest Lucasfilm production in a long time. But anyway, this keeps coming back. It keeps coming up. Um, and so she said this. She said, Ryan and I talk all the time. He is unbelievably busy. So we're not actively involved in anything at the moment because he's doing another one of those Glass Onion movies and then God knows what else. But he really wants to step back into the space. It's a big commitment of time. So that's really on him. The end of that quote saying it's really on him kind of makes it seem like she's like, yeah, we'll work with him, but he's doing other stuff. And he is. He's got like a series on Peacock. Right. He's got these Knives Out movies that he's working on. So... Um, again, that's not really like a big update. She said that a couple different times in the last six months, but, um, right, nice I guess it's cool that they, she's still saying that they are still talking. She's like, yeah, it's possible, but right. you know, it's timing. It's all timing. But at the same time, like, like Tom said a minute ago, like it's all about what it's about. Like, what are we, yeah, exactly. what are yeah. we in for, for this? If it's, if it's him trying to write the main, like if he's trying to fill gaps in between, uh, in the new Republic era, not interested. Yeah. If he's doing his own thing, much I guess much like Taika, if he's doing his yes. own thing off in some corner, then yeah, like I loved Glass Onion and Knives Out. 
Yeah. And if he can take that sort of like his voice for that and Last Jedi and put them yeah. put them in some place where it's not going to cause Lucasfilm a bunch of heartache and fans a bunch of uproar, then I'd love to see it. Yeah, I think especially with someone like Ryan Johnson who caused his whose movie caused such a rift in the fandom, the more time you a disturbance take in the force between yeah, but the more time you take before you give him a new movie, I think is only better for like people like me who like I was split on The Last Jedi when I first saw it. Now I've come to a point where I like it a lot and I, I really appreciate it for what it is. And I think it's the best looking Star Wars movie. I think it's shot incredibly. The cinematography is yeah. amazing. It's a gorgeous looking movie. Um, but I think a lot of the people that hate that movie hate it because he was really trying to undermine all of our expectations to the point of absurdity, I think, right. really. Almost did it um, too And much especially to doing yeah. that, yeah, and doing that with characters that are in our hearts, like Luke Skywalker or Leia or whoever else, like, really rubs some people the wrong way. And me at first, and I just kind of learned to, like, be okay with it, but, like, some people are, you know, not going to get back on board. But if he does something that's wildly apart from anything else and does not have any Skywalker attached to it or any, you know, known character, then I think... Even people that don't like Last Jedi might give it a better chance. Like, oh, okay, well, right. I'm not, I'm not emotionally connected to any of these characters, so he can do whatever he wants, and I'll give it a chance. Maybe. Yep. We'll see. Yeah, we'll like, see. Also, got um, a big update on the Acolyte, a Star Wars series that I feel like I keep forgetting about because it's so long in between updates on this series. But hearing what they had to say about it at Star Wars Celebration made me very excited for it. Showrunner and uh, writer Leslie Headland said she wanted to tell a story from the villain's perspective. Uh, this takes place in the High Republic era, and she felt the High Republic era was the best place to tell a story from a villain's perspective because this is, she quit, said, quote, this is when the bad guys are outnumbered. They are the underdog. So it seemed like the perfect part of the timeline to explore in live action. She's great. We haven't had a ton of, uh, certainly nothing uh filmed live action from the high republic yet there's been comics and there's been novels and stuff but nothing um to this uh you know live action or film spectacle um so very excited to see that she said that she named her inspirations as samurai movies and martial arts films with a focus she wants to focus on relationships like master and apprentice and also like siblings familial relationships she said quote we went back to a lot of the films that inspired george lucas she uh, she said this, and I think also uh, the star Amanda Sternberg said that the acolyte is being described as frozen meets Kill Bill. So I think that means like maybe sibling relationships on, on heavy martial arts. Um, uh, Yunus Suamato, who plays uh, Chewbacca, is coming back as a Wookiee Jedi named Kelnaka. Amazing choice. And also, I guess they showed some footage, some teaser footage from this show in the room. It has not been released publicly, but it said that it includes tons of action, tons of lightsabers, tons of Jedi. And also got a shot of Carrie Ann Moss's uh, Jedi character, who I forgot had been cast in this show. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, right. I know. Whoops. And yes, I'm definitely there for that. What do you guys think about um, the Acolytes? Uh, are you pumped? How does this like description of this footage or the stuff that they're saying how it's very martial arts heavy how does this uh grab you guys tom i'll let you go first because i i'm, okay. I'm the, yeah, I'm I the mean, high republic think... guy here <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was gonna say yeah you'll you'll have probably a lot more of a detail than, than me on this but i think i you know i think it's interesting i 
the the kind of quote of uh from the villain's perspective and also at a time when they're outnumbered i mean i think you've got that kind of shows to me that there's they're obviously paying attention to i mean you have the rule of two in the sith anyway so for most of this early part you know up until you know episode three you know you've got these kind of outnumbered perspective but it's kind of interesting to see it from there you know because palpatine is obviously so in control by the time we get to the prequels that if yeah. they're going to come from an angle of there's not as much um what's the word I'm looking for not as much of like a uh the command presence of you know if there are two sith or or however right. it's you know phrased if it's much more of a of a kind of a wobbly situation so to speak <laughs> um you know I think that that makes that a lot more of a of an interesting thing and I think depending on how it's shot is kind of a cool idea. This idea that we always see all these Jedi running and doing things, but if it's portrayed as these Jedi are kind of the bad guys in the sense of, right. You know, there's kind of a very Shakespearean kind of um, angle for that, you know, where generally, you know, any kind of villain, you know, generally never has from a, their perspective never thinks that they're doing the thing that's wrong. They think whatever right. they're doing is the right thing to do. So if they really focus in on that perspective of, oh no, no, what we're doing as the Sith is is the right thing for the galaxy, because we're bringing order to the galaxy or whatever the case may be. However they phrase it, I think that would be a really interesting perspective and would give a new angle to the dark side of the Force. So you're right. It, it would it would be great if this show makes us rethink. Uh, like Sith characters or bad guy characters, like throughout the rest of the prequels, original trilogy, and sequel films, like that. If they could do something that makes it be like, oh, well, I totally kind of understand why Palpatine would want to do this or whatever. Like that would be wild if they could. Yeah, if it, if it gets like you more, if it gets you more, like along the lines of, as opposed to you know your Vader, your Palpatine, your Mauls, if you're getting a perspective of more of like a Dooku kind of perspective yeah. of like oh like okay so they're doing this because there's you know with dooku it's like well i'm trying to find another path to combat the in his case the corruptness of the old republic right and if you see in this new series oh no we're doing this because there's a good intention in the background that's kind of a nice way to have another dark yeah. side yeah force user it'll it'll be yeah, intriguing sure. too because i after after hearing you guys go all back and forth uh, to let you know, uh, through through all of part one of the High Republic, there are no dark side force users. Oh, the enemies uh, through part one and part two, I'm starting to work on at present. Uh, the enemies were a they're like uh, they're known as the Nile, but they're like uh, space marauder. Uh, really, actually, one of the coolest uh, enemies I've seen in. Um, in star Wars, but it, uh, yeah, they're, they're starting to, I think there's some things on the fringes and starting to come into part two of, uh, some, some sort of dark force users, but it, and of course the acolyte seems to be fitting in that era, but the, the millions of Jedi and or hundreds of Jedi and whatever seems very fitting from that era and what we're seeing. And it'll be great to see that portrayed like, significantly more Jedi than we ever would have seen in the prequel era. Um, yeah, this is, this is the Jedi at the height of their power. So we're, mm-hmm. we're going to see something from the villain's perspective about, uh, I guess, taking down this omnipresent, like the Jedi are everywhere. And, um, 
they they just have shown some cracks in uh I, I guess some some cracks in the facade that they can be um I guess, I don't know they can they've shown some weakness but uh it, it's going to be going to be interesting to see what a high powered dark side force user presence would do to the balance of where they are and i'm assuming yeah that'll be the drop in part two and then it'll rise again and uh um come out um i guess with the acolyte so we'll live there's going to be a lot more a lot more interesting things to come for this one um yunis uh i was very disappointed when i i hadn't seen that line uh but when you said that he plays a wookie named kalnaka i was very disappointed because my son's favorite Jedi at all uh, is a Wookiee named Buryaga from the High Republic kids books. Okay, yeah. Thank you. I was going to ask because I knew there was a Wookiee Jedi in the High Republic yep. and it's not the same one. It's a no, different it's, name, so it's a different it's one. It's Buryaga okay. who uh, he's like the focus for all of these High Republic kids books, which, Tom, if you haven't read those, uh, if nothing else, uh, get all like them. So <laughs> enjoy. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to jump on, on, uh, on those. I haven't. We were talking before we started. I haven't really gotten into the High Republic. Yeah, me either. Stuff after the first book, I kind of disappeared yeah. <laughs> from it. There's a lot to keep up on. Yeah. A lot all keep up on all around. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, I like. It seems like it's going to be very action heavy and like martial artsy. So like yeah. that'll be cool because you don't. We haven't seen. I mean, we see lightsaber fights all the time, but like specifically like a martial arts inspired Star Wars, I think will be uh, very interesting. Oh yeah. Also got an update on Andor, um, the cast, Tony Gilroy, um, Diego Luna, and the whole cast of Andor Season 1 came out on stage, talked about production of Andor Season 2. Tony Gilroy said he's predicting an August 2024 release date, so have to wait uh, over a year for Season 2 of Andor, which is just heartbreaking. But, um, you know... Uh, Take your time to make it as good as you need to get it. Right. Um, Gilroy said, quote, we're going as fast as we can to come back with the second half and finish it off proudly. Want to make you proud of us. Um, they Again, they showed a short teaser in the room. Uh, nothing that's been made public. But um, uh, Tom, I know Steve and I talk about Andor a lot. And we love it so much. What are your thoughts on season one of Andor? And are you excited for season two? Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was very, you know, I enjoyed it. I, I think. I probably didn't enjoy it as much as like, oh, I know a lot of people like loved it, loved it. Yeah. And yeah. I, I definitely enjoyed it. I liked it. It just wasn't one. Yeah. <laughs> Steve's like raising his hand. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I am, I'm excited to see season two. I think I just, I don't know. For me, it was, I, I enjoyed Rogue One so much that yeah, I almost didn't even need and or mm-hmm. at least initially, but now that it's right. come out, I really have enjoyed it and I think you know, like you said early on, with the with the release date, I think you said it was August of twenty twenty four. You know, yeah. you know, it's it. You take your time to get it right, yep. and I think exactly. that that's probably the best the best way to do it. I, I you know, and I think you know, hopefully they'll be able to just kind of continue with what they're doing because it's definitely one of the better things that they've certainly have come out with recently for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's it's good that they they're at the point where they could do the teaser. Yeah, at least two, which is yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, I know they started filming, I think, in November. So they definitely had some stuff to right. show. Good. The fact that they've so many times said we're taking the time and like timelines are not a thing. Yeah, right? And it's like when this is ready, that is that, if nothing else, has eased a lot of my concern for a lot of these projects. And yeah. 
that they're that they're willing to come out publicly and say, no, we're not going to rush this compared to what they've done in the past is like, OK, thank you. <laughs> Fing- fingers crossed while I say this, it seems like and sounds like it's possible that Lucasfilm has learned its lesson from trying to emulate Marvel. <laughs> yeah. I'm keeping my both of my fingers <laughs> crossed while I'm, I'm not going to uncross them until I'm done saying this. Seemingly might have learned its lesson from trying to do multiple films a year, from trying to do too much, from trying to rush things like they fired Colin Trevorrow from episode nine and replaced J.J. Abrams and did not change the release date of episode nine. They probably could have given J.J. a little bit more time to make that script right. But, you know, Some, whatever. Somewhat and, you know, they, they didn't. They should have delayed solo after they fired uh, the two directors from that. After they had made 80 percent of that movie, they didn't. You know, hopefully they're like, wait, we're pushing the pause button. And it's been a pause on theatrical since 2019. So hopefully this is why they're taking their time and they're coming out right and saying we are taking our time to make this right. I think that's very smart. I agree with you, Steve, for sure. Um, Something that does seem to be also taking its time, because I feel like this is another thing we keep hearing about and we don't have a release date yet. We don't have too much is this show Skeleton Crew, although it's supposed to come out this year. Is that still supposed to come out this year? Did they say that? So 2023 haven't for a show coming out this year. I feel like we still haven't had heard that much about it. Well, apparently people in celebration saw a lot more than we did. Yes. Yes. There was footage from this released again in the room, um, not public release Um, to remind. This is something we've heard about it before, but Kathleen Kennedy talked about it, how they approach the series similar to how they approach like 80s Amblin movies like E.T. or I don't know, Close Encounters like it's a. Uh, she said, quote, skeleton crew may may star kids, but it not it's not just for kids uh, star is sh- stars Jude Law and a ensemble of children. They somehow get involved in a adventure across the galaxy. And because it's kids related, they're kind of making it or trying to focus on it like it's a Spielberg movie from the 80s or whatever, um, which I think is great. I think that's a tone that fits can fit Star Wars very well. So I'll be interested to see what they do with it. Um, Jude Law was there with the other the rest of the cast. And he gave this quote that um, I like. I love hearing quotes from people that are clearly really excited to be joining the Star Wars universe. And this, he said, I was like six years old when this galaxy gripped me. I've been in preparation ever since. And <laughs> so, now he gets to be a Jedi. Yeah. And now I don't know if it. you saw and that feel, was confirmed. Oh, he is a Jedi. Uh, oh. Word leaked that uh, in the trailers or the screeners that they showed uh he is a force user oh okay yeah cool. okay i was hoping it was just going to be like et style we were never going to see his upper half it was just going to be <laughs> just his voice and like it was just the kids you know yeah, but okay yeah. i didn't that hear that but that's cool he, do- he doesn't have a lightsaber but his finger lights up that's what he uses yeah <laughs> Um, Uh, So, yeah, so no release date yet. They said episodes are going to be directed by uh, showrunner and co-creator John Watts from the uh, Spider-Man Marvel movies. Yep. Uh, David Lowry, who's an incredible director, a Green Knight, other things like that. Uh, Jake Schreer, who I think is directing uh, Thunderbolts for Mm -hmm. Marvel. And also the Daniels, who directed and just won Best Directing directing Duo for Everything Everywhere All at Once. So pretty great uh, cast of directors. What's that? I finally saw that this week. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. You told me you did. So uh, do we have any thoughts on Skeleton Crew? I feel like I don't know enough about it. I mean, I'm excited just because it's more Star Wars. Yeah. Because I haven't I'm seen anything. It's boat. hard to like really say anything about it. But 
I'm think, pumped. I, I'm excited that Jude Law is excited. If I hear a quote right. like that, when it's just like, yeah, I said like Star Wars, like I think who it was Richard Grant, who uh, has that uh, role in Rise of Skywalker. Yep. He was like, I remember he posted like a video about his first day on set and he was like giddy with excitement. He was like, I couldn't believe that I it, was wearing an Imperial. Right. And like, this is, I couldn't, this I is Richard couldn't Grant of all people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like when I see actors like that, they're like, hell yeah, yeah. I'm in mf and star wars <laughs> like it's like it makes me excited yep. for that project because they're they're passionate about it so i don't know that's the i mean that's all i can think about this because i haven't seen anything or i feel like they haven't told us really anything about it it hasn't been like photos or anything there's no there's very, not been much there's basically been yeah. uh jude law and then they confirmed that uh tunde adabimpe and carrie condon are in it and that's it uh okay Tunde Adebempe, you you you'd know him if you saw him from parts in like Homecoming and a couple other things. He's also the vocalist for TV on the radio. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, um, and then Carrie Condon's been in everything under the sun. Uh, Best supporting nominated for something. That name is really familiar, Carrie Condon. Yeah. Oh, uh, what was it? Oh, she's been nominated for everything. It seems uh, she oh, was in Banshee's okay. Finisher, and you'd recognize her. Oh, okay. Yep. Is she the sister? Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah, yep. she's great. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Okay. Well, now I'm really excited for this show. <laughs> there we go. Now we now we're now we're now we're ready to rock. Yes. Uh, we also got a brief no details announcement that there's going to be a second season of Tales of the Jedi, the animated series um, of shorts. It's only like six episodes. Half of them are about Ahsoka. Half of them are about Count Dooku. That's all we got. There's that there's going to be another season. Um, guys, if you could pick another two Jedi for this to focus on, who would you pick? I'm going to say Count Dooku. More Dooku. I mean, his to me, the the what they did with the episodes, uh, the, especially the episode. Now I can't remember the planet. I had it in my head a minute ago yeah. where he and Qui-Gon are on the planet and the the oh, just the, yeah. the level of the just the, the intense like the corruption you know the kind of anger you know i i think they did a good job and you could leave it in theory i just love this idea that one and then also when he and mace go mace windu go to deal with this and you just see this slow corruption and i know they jumped it because it was just the one season but in terms of the time right. yeah you know, i think it, it really it really fleshes him out as a character. Yeah, I agree. It did. You don't you don't get from just watching the prequels. And I think it's a right. really cool. It would have been it was really good to see kind of that perspective of like, because if you just watch the prequels, you would be like, hey, he's just this fallen guy yeah. because reasons. Yeah. And <laughs> here you get like a no, he was just, you know, dealing with it. I mean, in terms of who I would want, I mean, I mean, Mace Windu might be an interesting yeah. one, depending yeah. on when that is. If you did his like apprentice time period, um, and then I mean, you know, Windu I, too. I mean, you I could guess, do with Windu. You could do like him figuring out how to master Vapod too, with the like yeah. leaning that close to the dark side, and like knowing how to stay on that knife's edge type thing. Like that'd be an interesting. Quinlan Vos would be another fun one. So Quinlan was going to be one of my. It was going to be Quinlan and Plo Koon for me. Plo Koon, wow. Yeah, there you go. So nice. Those those have always been two 
Quinlan Voss and Plo Koon have always been two that have set very, very close to my heart from all the between yeah. the expanded universe and like Clone Wars and how they flesh them out. And yeah, yeah. Keanu would be a good I, one too. Ooh, Keanu Mundi would be. Yeah. yeah, I was also thinking Mace Windu just because I feel like I don't know anything about his origins. Like, I mean, I, mean right. I haven't read anything, so I don't know if it's out there. But like, I don't know anything about him as like a young apprentice or Jedi or anything. And he well, seems like. His whole backstory is just somebody showing up at his house and saying, we got to get this motherfucking kid to the motherfucking temple. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Amazing. <laughs> um, uh, also, I feel like um, just because I said this recently on an episode that I feel like I would love and I know they can't probably can't because they've done it in novels and comics and stuff, but I would love like a Clone Wars style animation that takes place like during the original trilogy or like right after return of the Jedi. So we can have more time with like Han and Leia and Luke in like new stories or whatever. But you know, I don't, I don't know if it's going to contradict like the canon of the comics. So like, I would love like, give me like a Luke Skywalker post return of the Jedi three shorts of whatever tales of the Jedi. Like that'd be super cool. What about him training Leia? Hmm. Because we yeah. get yeah, that like little it, bit in the sequel, it, it, we do, but you can do the animation because you don't have to worry about right. them, and yep. you pop in, you know, Leia as the character getting trained by Luke. Yes, that'd be um, great. Kind of expand that on that. Expand on that little flashback. That would be really cool. Or just Leia. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. like you know, or same same thing, but from her perspective. You yeah. know, like maybe like her deciding, maybe I don't want to, maybe I don't want to do this. You know, maybe I just want to be a general. Well, and there's already the precedent mm-hmm. for any any of the voice actors not. You know, doesn't have to be the the folks yeah. that uh, you know played them. I mean, we saw for like they had the Clone Wars panel, and I think I texted you, Mike, that uh, at one point I was watching the Clone Wars panel, and Matt Lanter and um, not D. Baker, uh, oh God, um, Taylor. I know you're um, saying yeah, Obi Wan's voice, Taylor Lautner, no, uh, Lott- no, not no. um James Arnold Taylor. Um, yeah. Oh, the two of them were, yes, the two of them were going back and forth with, uh, like in character and on the stage. And it's just sitting like, you're just sitting there. Like I'm watching these two. That's not the right faces, but those are the right voices. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah. and it hit like a good voice actor could very easily replicate Hamill or Carrie Fisher. Well, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like we've said, like, uh, we, Steve, you and I've talked about in the past, like I'm playing the, the new Lego Star Wars video game and the voice actors in that game are excellent yeah. and sound so much like Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. Like, yeah, get them to do mm-hmm. anything, anything. It's great. Now Speaking I can't see Obi-Wan Harrison Kenobi, Ford in anything but shrinking, though. So I don't know if you've <laughs> seen that, but go watch it if you haven't. Still haven't, but you've been singing its praises a long time. It's hilarious. Uh, But speaking of Obi-Wan Kenobi, we got an update on that series as well. Kathleen Kennedy said, currently there's no plans for a season two. However, she said, she said it's not in (laughs) Tom very happy that there's no season two. Uh, Apparently not a fan of the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Um, Oh, I loved it. No, I loved it. Oh, okay. I loved it. Yeah. You just don't, you just don't want more. Sorry, I'll let you finish. And then sorry, I didn't mean to get so. (laughs) Oh, no, that's okay. No, I was interested. It's to me, it's. So we end we end with he's with Qui Gon and he's going to go train yeah. with Qui Gon. In my head canon, he's going to go train with Qui Gon. Yeah, that's all. So you need. If you want to make a TV show about that, okay, but I don't know how they're. I 
I guess I just don't I because I, I love Obi-Wan. He's like one of yeah. my favorite characters. I was initially worried when they came out with season one. I was worried what they were going to yeah. do with him supposing to be in hiding and him, you know, like how that was going to work. Mm-hmm. And then with the yeah. way they ended it, I was like, oh, great. He's going to go train with Qui-Gon. And I guess my thought is, is I would love to see that, but I don't know if that's a TV show. That might be a Tales of the Jedi series. It might be a Tales of the Jedi. It might be a comic book. Right. It might be a novel. Yeah, it, it's 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 hard for me to see how there would be something that would because like if you introduce another. There's no other bad guy in my head. Right. That's going to threaten that because, I mean, you see if it's like Jawas or Tusken Raiders, like Obi-Wan should right. smoke them like there Shoot. shouldn't be any. Should, right. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. And it's like Vader can't discover him there. Maul is gone. I guess, I just don't know who else would be. Yeah, it would be hard. Like I was that's my question about the first series was what possible. And this was just me not thinking. I mean, all of us, we none of us were thinking about little girl Leia. None of us. No. But like my big thought was like, what could possibly cause Obi-Wan to leave Tatooine when he's tasked with uh, protecting Luke? And I was like, oh, yeah, something happens to his sister. <laughs> oh, wait, <Like> that's. <laughs> Yeah, there is another Skywalker. That's great. Weird. But like, it's not like, yeah, exactly. But that's not like they could do that again. Season two, which I think uh, makes sense. I mean, Kathleen Kennedy said it's not an active development, but I never say never because there's always the possibility. That show was so well received and the director, Deborah Chow, did such a spectacular job. Ewan McGregor really wants to do another. Everyone's all hands on deck with what we're doing right now. As you can see by what we showed everybody, we'll turn our attention to that again, maybe down the road. So it's exciting that Ewan McGregor is still like yeah. involved in playing the character. Well, he but was I pumped think also, the, uh, he was on the, the Obi-Wan panel and yeah. he actively was like, yeah, if they want to do more, I'm all in like literally flat yeah. out was that He's was energized. it. <laughs> He was like, and I, and I don't want, it. I don't want my, my, my perspective to be like, I don't want it. Like I just like, no, I, I'm I, with you I though. love it. It's but you know like, what I'm saying, though, right? Uh, maybe I'm, I just yeah, want to make sure I'm across. Like, I just don't want, I don't want them to come up. Like, I just don't know how they're going to come up with somebody that's right. going to be threatening enough to Obi Wan. We've already that shown that it yeah. can't be the Inquisitors. Like, absolutely, that's not going to do Inquisitors. it. Vader, Vader can't find him. Like you said, Mike, you can't, you can't go back yeah. to, you can't do Leia again. Right. And right. I don't see anybody else who's he's going to like. Like, I mean, you're going to do Yoda? Like, no, like, that's not That would be weird. Like, he, Yoda doesn't need Obi-Wan's help. Yeah. If he's just chilling I, on Dagobah. <laughs> like, it's, it seems like, like what we were talking about earlier about how, like, you know, they've said multiple times, we're taking our time. We're making sure we're doing this right. Like, I think this response is like, it's not an active development, but maybe if we have a good idea for it later, it will be an active development. Like it's not like they're not rushing it just because like, okay, we have a hit on our hands. Yep. We got to make a sequel to this right now, which they seemingly been guilty of in the past, like rushing things. So I'm fine. Like as long as Ewan McGregor's enthusiasm doesn't diminish between, you know, whenever they do have that idea, then great. I, I would much rather them wait. Which, what would you guys think of, not to derail us when we're we're getting close to the end and we're just really going way longer than I ever thought. But um, what would you guys think if Ewan McGregor showed up as a force ghost in the new Jedi Order series as Rey, like 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 to coach Rey? Would it be jarring because we've seen 
Like, what are the rules of a Force Ghost? When you're a Force Ghost, can you appear at any age that you want? Like, it would it be well, we weird because Sebastian we've already Shaw. seen Obi-Wan, old Obi-Wan in a Force Ghost in the original trilogy. So would it be weird if all of a sudden he shows up as young Obi-Wan after I have seen an old Force Ghost Obi-Wan? Sebastian Shaw magically turned into... Uh... Um, well, no, 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 Hayden no, no. Only, so. one, only one of those is canon, my friend. Only one of those is canon. Yeah, the I original really, one. I hate it. <laughs> I, I, Steve, I hate it just as much as you, but I'm saying, I'm saying only one of those is canon. What would you think if you and McGregor showed up and not instead of Alec Guinness? Would you accept that? It's a tough question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough because we love you and McGregor, you but it wouldn't up and be weird. Like... It's I mean, it, in seven, in episode seven, when she, when Ray touches the lightsaber, you know, when it says, "Don't be afraid; these are your first steps." I mean, it's yep. mostly yes. Ewan. Yep. And I think I'm trying to think back to like when I heard that. Like I accepted the voice being Ewan McGregor. Right. Yeah. Alex, but, with yeah. the sprinkling of of Alec McGinnis in there. Alec Guinness in there, but it's. Yeah. I think it would be different if we saw his face. Though. It would be different <sighs> for some reason. Like, why are we? Why are we okay with the voice, but we wouldn't be okay with yeah. the face? I don't know. I don't think I see. I don't. I would. I don't. It would be weird for me. It would. It would be hard for me to. To because yeah, I can that. even get over. I can even get over the Return of the Jedi switch. Yes, the yeah. Hayden because of the fact that not that Luke has seen his father as that, but that uh, Obi Wan and. Yoda have seen, yes, right. as that. So I, I got over. I was able to get over it. Going like, okay, that's how he is viewed by them. There's yes. like a, there's like a tie to that. Like I got that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know, Steve. I would. I don't know what, what you think. I don't, I, know I, I don't know. I might struggle I, with that. I have no idea. That's. I did not expect that one. Uh, yeah. No, that's. Yeah, I I don't think I, I would just, be okay with it. I just thought it. of it right now. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't have a good answer either. I'm just wondering. Yeah, I don't I don't think I would be okay with it, but maybe yeah. I would. I feel I like it would take. I feel like time. if it happened, it would... I'd be okay with it. But in my head right now, I'm not okay with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If that makes weird. any sense. <laughs> yeah, it'd be weird. Um, you we know got what a they quick... could do? Yeah. What? They could test it out in something we're going to see in a month. Which is what? Return of the Jedi returning to theaters. Oh, you want them to change Return of the Jedi more? What the hell? Why not? You want more changes? Every time they release it, they change something else. So why not put Obi-Wan in that? And then it'd be less weird in the next one. I would... (laughs) I would hate that. Yes, so I would, would I. If, if you're say, if you're saying that as a test, then big thumbs down. <laughs> big thumbs down for me. I do not want them to edit out Alec Guinness at the end of Return of the Jedi for you, McGregor. Please don't do that. Yeah. Or, George, oh. George, we know you're listening, George. We don't want you to do that. Don't take this as a the super special edition of Return yeah, of the Jedi. Super- <laughs> Specialer edition. Yeah. Everybody's a battle droid. Um, uh, we're talking about Return of the Jedi because it's celebrating its 40th anniversary. And uh, just a quick um, announcement that it is going to be returning to th- select theaters in the U.S. and the U.K. Uh, the end of this month in- up through May the 4th. So like April 28th through May the 4th. 
I don't know if it's going to be around here. If it is, I'm definitely going to go see it. Have either of you seen Return of Jedi in the theater? And will you be going to see it again? I have. If it, uh, if you have the chance. It was the first Star Wars film I saw in a theater. Oh, nice. When the special the editions were released. Yes. Yep, 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 yep. Same. Yeah. It wasn't the first. I went to see all three of the special editions when they mm. came. Um, and I think those are my first time. I mean, I'd seen them a million times before that, right. but seeing in the theater for the first time was yeah a new hope and empire and return of the jedi it was great i think i had tried to convince my father numerous times to go to the other two and then finally got him to crack because you know where where i grew up it was 20 miles to a movie theater sure <laughs> so yeah it took a long it took a while didn't yeah. <laughs> couldn't really ride my bike over to the mall and check it out <laughs> it's nice. like hey yeah. <laughs> dad can i go down to utica and <laughs> yeah yep. amazing go to the stanley yep yeah <laughs> Um, all right, cool. So this is uh, the next update. When I say we got updates on everything that we'd ever heard about. Oh, Tom, real quick. What was the thing right before we I hadn't heard this, but you said you read a quote from Kathleen Kennedy about Rogue Squadron. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So it was a it was with IGN. So obviously Rogue Squadron was the the again, kind of a theme, the on again, off again, on again, off again production yeah of yeah of rogue squadron um with gonna patty, be directed patty by patty jenkins, jenkins. Yeah, yep. yeah and then this kind of thought of or you know kind of has been jokingly referred to some people as you know top gun but star wars um right. and so she was speaking to ign and she had said that uh rogue squadron that's definitely something we still talk about whether it's a movie or whether it ends up being in the series space that's definitely something that's so, very interesting so that makes me think, is it coming back? I mean, that makes me also go, well, is it Patty? I mean, maybe it's not Patty Jenkins anymore, if right. especially if you're talking about it as a series. Yep. I mean, Steve, I know I, I was telling Steve and I were joking. I was listening to the I'm still listening to the audiobooks for like the millionth time Ooh. of the Rogue Squadron series, hmm. um, which was seven. It was just Rogue Squadron was seven, and then they went with Wraith Squadron, which was kind of a playoff of that. It was another seven books. I think it was the original was four. It was what yeah, Rogue original, Squadron, Crydos, right. Back to War, and something else. But either way, yes, it was like yeah. four. I think it was like four and four or something like that. Yeah, and it encouraged me. It encouraged me that they did say serious because I think that that would be yeah the route to go. Again, mm -hmm. I really like the Rogue Squadron that's in the expanded universe. I was saying to Steve before we we started that. I'm like kind of torn about whether they do it or not because if they start it and they don't do it right, I'll be I'll personally be sad. I mean, right, sure. obviously air quotes, right, yeah. the, the way that yeah. I envision it. Right, but right. I, it made me feel better thinking about it as a series because there is or there are you know in the EU there's four, you know, just of the Rogue Squadron books, four several hundred page books that have a great story, and I could see something of that length in a multi season format would really fit and and it would fit in a time yeah. period that there's opening yeah right in the Even original in the new, you know yeah because that's the other thing is we haven't heard in a long time if they're still planning on doing the because originally it was supposed to be patty jenkins doing something set in the new new era like the new republic era new republic for the yeah. fighters uh, if they switch it to series, is it still going to be that? Or are they going to intersperse it within the Mandoverse? Like we're seeing a lot of these quote unquote right. Rangers of the New Republic. Uh, like the, maybe that turns into the, what Rangers of the Old Republic was or New Republic was. 
and we get this Starfighter series. Um, if you give me something where a squadron is led by Wedge, then I'm just going to be a happy man because Wedge to me is <laughs> Obi Wan to uh, He's your to favorite. Tom. So yeah. it's uh, yeah. yeah. Or if you just fill it in in the OT time period, right? You yeah. can you can fill it yeah. in and have it be at the same time period because Rogue Squadron can be off doing other stuff that doesn't have anything oh, to yeah. necessarily do with um in the four or five you know, books. to do with what's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. In the four or yeah. five books, I think like the the big three were mentioned like five times maybe. It's yeah. like Luke calling yeah. or uh, Wedge calling Luke to catch up about something because he was the leader of rogues of the rogues before or something like that. Right, and then like one time Leia's you know being involved with the Republic, the yeah squadron like, needs like some extra stuff. help with something, yeah. and they're like Leia, help us out, and she's like, sure, I can send you these six extra cruisers for what you're trying to work on or something, you know, yeah. like so but they you don't need to have them in it. Ancillarily do whatever and like fill in gaps that nobody knew needed to be filled in, except people that have read those books. Right. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I guess we did get an update on a rogue squadron. I hadn't heard that until Tom mentioned it before we started recording. So, um, I just thought it was cool that like this weekend we got an update on pretty much everything we'd ever heard rumored in the last five years, including a thing that they straight up announced with a logo two years ago, three years ago, a Lando series, ladies and gentlemen, days and gays, a Lando series which they announced a couple years ago. Haven't heard a thing about it. This didn't even come out of Star Wars Celebration. Someone just happened to ask Donald Glover about it this weekend. I don't know if it was in response to Star Wars Celebration. He was given an interview with GQ magazine, and he said the following. I would love to play Lando again. And right there, that's a big... I I feel like I, I, I was assuming that the reason we hadn't heard anything about the Lando series is that Donald Glover didn't want to come back right. as Lando again because he's a very talented, very busy guy who's got a lot of stuff going on. And that line is but, not because, like, this is Donald Glover. That line isn't because yeah. I need a paycheck. Like, people oh, are no, throwing at money at Donald Glover right now, and he's coming out yeah. saying he'd love to play Lando again. Yes, yes, exactly. So he says, I would love to play Lando again. It's a fun time to be him. It just has to be right. It just needs to be the right way to do it. Time is precious. I think everyone in the past couple of years, the pandemic had people experience time in a way where they kind of realize their time is valuable. You only get so much. So I'm not interested in doing anything that's just going to be a waste of my time or just a paycheck. I'd rather spend the time with people that I enjoy. So it just has to be the right thing, which I think it could be. I mean, Lando is definitely somebody I'd like to hang out with. So, yeah, I mean, we're talking about it. That's as much as I can say without Kathleen Kennedy hunting me down. End quote. Um, so I don't know. I would love to. I again, I like Solo a lot more than most people. I think that I like that. I enjoy that movie quite a bit. And I know I don't know. I feel like after I saw that movie, I thought most people that I talked to loved Donald Glover as Lando. I heard last couple of years, some people that were a little like, eh, he's just doing an impression. It's not interesting. And I would rather see, I was like, Oh, I don't care. I thought he was doing great. I loved it. So I wonder what you guys think. Like, would you, and I feel like the obvious idea, which I've heard from a number of people, including my own mouth. Um, once this, uh, series was announced would like, to me, the greatest thing that this could be would be, Give me bookends of Billy D. Williams as old Lando telling stories of his adventures of the past. And then you flash back to Donald Glover as young Lando 
acting out those stories. So you kind of get both versions of the character. Right. I think that would be great. You want the princess um, smuggler. Yeah, I want the princess bride, but with Lando. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like, what do you guys think? Like, are you interested in a Lando series? Are you interested in Donald Glover? Or are you just like, whatever, we'll wait and see. I, I, I mean, I, I there is so much in the Star Wars universe that's at, like that that so much. we just as we've been talking about for however long we've been talking. I yeah. I would like to see Lando. It's not like as high of a priority as some of the other stuff we've talked yeah. about. But yeah, same. I think that I think that Donald Glover certainly did a good job with Lando for sure. I I like I like what they did with the character. I like that he has a little bit of that, you know, that they have the style. He's got that swagger. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is kind of what you expect. Lando, I, I like that he in solo is more experienced. You know, he's mm -hmm. got the higher reputation. He's got the people know him. He's got which kind of makes sense for that, the way that that character should be. Um, and I think it would be cool. Yeah, I think I, I had never thought about it in the idea the way that you had outlined it with Billy D kind of telling stories and we flash. It'd be so cool. Great. It'd be so yeah, cool. I think it's so great. Yeah. Or or, you, you know, you just talk about him you know it, or whether that's a kind of an entree into the underworld smuggling bounty hunter world and he's kind of that you know wor walks both worlds kind of thing that yeah. would be kind of cool but yeah you i think go a, you can go a lot of places with it i yeah. think yeah he because like you said he can kind of walk in a few different worlds steve what do you think are you uh down for a lando series? no 100 i think it's gonna be it, whenever or if they ever do it it's it's almost a slam dunk as long as they can you know write it well um like yeah, there's the there's key. just too many different ways you can take lando and yeah it's it, it should be a solid like should be a slam dunk if you have decent writing and donald glover playing the character like like i would Tom almost said. love to see I mean, Donald Glover's kind of proven himself to be like uh, a, a great writer. And yeah. he, he, you know, co-wrote some of his series Atlanta, which I haven't seen, but I've heard like rave things about. Oh, it was like, great. Well, what I, give I him saw a the crack first at two it, maybe maybe he's seasons. interested in maybe he's interested in writing some of it or, yeah. you know, come up with a story for it himself. Yep. He's certainly a creative guy. Um, all right. Last bit of business in this overlong, overstuffed, but super exciting and super fun Star Wars uh, podcast. Closing it out with a bang, we got a full trailer for the Ahsoka series, which is coming out this June, is what I said. It's like the June one bit something. of information I didn't write in my notes. This summer. It's coming out this summer. August? June? Somewhere? I don't know. Ahsoka. And if you saw this trailer... And if you watched the series Star Wars Rebels, you are out of your mind excited about this. Rebels fans are absolutely feasting on this trailer for Ahsoka. Confirmed Mary Elizabeth Winstead will be playing Hera Syndulla, as was rumored, but not confirmed until this very weekend. Very mm -hmm. excited about that. Also confirmed Lars Mikkelsen returning as Grand Admiral Thrawn. This is the guy uh, that voiced the character in Star Wars Rebels. We all certainly thought he looked enough like the character to be character to be able to play him, despite not having blue skin. I'm sure they'll fix that <laughs> in post. Um, but uh, he is confirmed to be playing the character in live action. So, like they've been doing when they can, they 
co- they cast the vocal, uh, the, the voice actor, so the character still sounds the same. Um, excellent. Uh, it's been said that, um, oh, also they, um, uh, Favreau and Filoni said that they consulted with Timothy Zahn about bringing uh, Grad Admiral Thrawn to life in live action. And uh, Timothy Zahn is the author of the Thrawn trilogy of novels that originally created that character. So I think that's really insightful and uh, cool of them to talk to the original character or the original creator of that character. Um, They said that Ahsoka's search for Ezra Bridger is going to be the main driver of the show, which we were all kind of theorizing. And uh, he's shown real quickly in a hologram in this trailer. And it's going to be eight episodes long. So in this trailer, we see Hera. We see Chopper. We see um, Sabine. We see the back of Thrawn's head. We see Mon Mothma. We see, obviously, we see Ahsoka Tano. We see Ezra Bridger. We see so much that reminds us of how much we love the show Star Wars Rebels. Guys, um... What do you think about this trailer? Favorite moments, um, theories, whatever, thoughts, feelings that you had while watching it? What do you guys think? I'm going to throw it to Tom first. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really exciting. I mean, you you cover a lot of really exciting stuff. I thought the interesting thing, too, was the. I'll call them Sith. I know they're they're not, but like the dark. Yeah. Jedi, or, or I'm interested to see how that's going to get flushed out. Where that's for sure from. Yeah, I think they, that, keep, they keep referring to that, they keep referring to them as dark Jedi. So okay, oh, right. So are they are they leftover Inquisitors? Are mm-hmm. they you know in terms of where is that you know that would certainly tie in with Rebels or is um, it, if, if that's where mm-hmm. we're going is th- that they're leftover Inquisitors? One thing I thought along those lines, Tom. Instead of Inquisitors, is it a lost? you know, Jedi and Padawan combo from uh, Order 66 that mm-hmm. were That'd effectively abandoned and turned. I mean, that would definitely line up a really cool storyline between them and Ahsoka, mm-hmm. who also had some struggles with Order 66, but did not turn to the dark side of the force. So yeah. that would be actually a really kind of mirror image, especially yeah. considering the younger, at least... I'm going to assume the younger one is also a female character. So if it's yep. these two female characters that are almost looking at a mirror mm-hmm. of each sure. other, that would kind of be a cool, um, you know, in terms of how they processed order 66 and they went different directions. Yeah. Um, and then kind of what we talked about earlier, the other thing that I kind of wanted to, that I, that I just mentioned that is interesting is, so we talked about the Floney movie and how's it going to culminate and you see in this trailer, you see Thrawn. So that makes me wonder, Yeah, is he, is it going to be a case of he show? I mean, obviously he shows up at some point, which means that obviously Ezra, since they were both at the same place. Yeah. They left together back from the same place. Um, So where in the eight episode run is that going to be where we see Thrawn? Because if it's earlier on, then that makes me wonder that, kind of excite excites me or interests me even more about the whatever the Floney movie is. Because if Thrawn's already here, then he obviously you're not leading up to him in the movie if he's right. already there. So it's like kind of what's the movie going to be about. Right. Right. Yeah, I didn't really put two and two together about like, yeah, we're seeing physically seeing Thrawn, but we're only seeing Ezra through the hollow. Uh, yeah, a high, uh, um, why can't I think Holovid? of the, yeah, yeah, Holovid, sure. 
So like, yeah, you're right. Cause they disappear together, yeah. assumingly go to the same place. What happens in that place? Do they both leave together? Does Thrawn get out before? Is Ezra still stuck there? You know, like how is, I didn't really think about that Tom. That's really interesting. Like, yeah, we're seeing Thrawn in the flesh, but not Ezra. What happened and why is there a difference there? So yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Steve, what do you think about this trailer in I, general? And are you excited? I think Ezra's just riding a pergill somewhere. Like yeah, they'll, they'll just find him attached to a space whale. Yeah. Uh, no, I, this trailer had me extremely pumped. Um, the, the fact that we saw Mithra Nerodo, uh, like walking away in live action and then saw there, there's pictures out on the interwebs of Lars Mikkelsen actually as him. I don't know if that's real or anything that's fan done, like but it, fan it works yeah. like it works enough for me. Um, yeah. and then seeing, uh, I don't know, just everything that is leading up to that reveal. Like even even the drop of Heir to the Empire, which was oh, yeah. the the original novel that Timothy Zahn wrote that Thrawn was yeah. in, which uh, weirdly was the thing that got me hooked on Star Wars, not the movies. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Or not, got me like in deep, should I say. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I mean the the interplay between the rebels characters and the live action like folks that we had seen is going to be great. Um, Natasha Luberdizo seems to be embracing Sabine pretty. She looks great readily. as yeah. Sabine. She's got the hair, the like the oh man, yep. looks so great. Very excited. Um, and Very apparently, exciting. apparently in the again one of those things that leaked from Celebration in the longer cut they saw. Uh, there is a shot of her donning the helmet and having the pixie Ooh. cut. So, oh, wow. Like oh, cool. the, the, the long hair is like her being out of action for a while type thing. And yeah. that, um, you know, the, the Boy, back and the put that helmet form. back on, you got to cut that hair. So it might be a little tough, be, you know, that'd be a strange look. Don't, don't that get that seal. Out. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. So don't get that seal. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, yeah. and since we just saw, um, you know, our buddy Zeb in an episode of Mandalorian, God, uh, that was so great. <laughs> I feel like I don't know. I mean, clearly, we're getting a lot of Rebels characters in this Ahsoka show. It would be kind of great if they all showed up in a theatrical film. If we got like, if I would love like the Filoni movie to just be like Star Wars Rebels meets the Mandalorian and like, that's just what the move like star Wars rebels, but like the new member of their crew is Din and Grogu. Like that right. would just be amazing. Grogu that fills in so for Kanan. We're good to go. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Or does Kanan come back as a ghost? Mm. Give me a, fo- give me a uh, Kanan's Tazra. force ghost with a, uh, what's his face? Freddie Prince um, Jr. Freddie Prince Jr. Yep. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If, Obvious. If Ezra, if Ezra comes back, I mean, cause if that's part of his training or wherever he is, right? Yeah. You know, is he able to access that if it's the, you know, if, if they are going to stick with this, the world between worlds kind of concept as well. There was one shot in the trailer where it kind of looked like they were at the world between worlds. So was I the only, was I the only one that thought that? No. Did you guys see that? Yeah. Like in the background, it's where one of the, the dark Jedi is like the Ray Stevenson guy is lighting his lightsaber in the back. It just kind of looked dark with like the, the white glowy. Yeah lines mm-hmm. kind of i was like eh, are they there like wow they're really they're really gonna go there because i feel like that's a divisive episode yeah because some people some people don't like when star wars goes full weirdness but i'm kind of there for it when they do 
it's, it's very multi multiverse opening yeah. for sure. If you go down that, uh, not to go down the whole discussion of whether that's the right thing for star Wars, but that, that's <laughs> yeah, very no, much yeah. a, that is very much a, if you go down that route, I mean, it's, it's a lot of, yeah. there's a lot of openings. Yeah, for sure. And oh. uh, yeah, right or right or wrong. I will 100% watch every second of this show. I'm very excited about it um, for sure. So you brought Steve, up, you about to say something else. You brought up Ray Stevenson. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Do you know who he voiced in Clone Wars and Rebels? He voiced somebody. I feel like I have heard this before. And Rebels? Was it Rebels? No, I don't know. You guys yeah. Gar Saxon. Would it have been you? No. Who was it? Gar Saxon. Okay, I was wrong. Who were you thinking? I was going to say you, Lauren, but I couldn't uh, remember. I was like. No, he was Gar the Saxon. voice of Gar Saxon. Hmm. Interesting. So he's no stranger to the Star Wars universe. This is true. And has worked with Dave Filoni before. So that's probably why he got cast. Yeah. Someone they knew that he could trust. Bring him back. Uh, all right, guys. We've been talking a very long time. Probably two hours. Uh, the official count is one hour, 56 minutes. Longest episode. Longest episode Absolutely. ever, I think. <laughs> right? Of I course it was so. about Star Wars. Um. I want to thank Tom uh, Babcock for coming on uh, to share his Star Wars insight on such a big um, episode. We really appreciate it, man. Um, uh, is there anything that you want to like plug or do you have any like projects or anything that you want to like <laughs> tell the people about? I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I you know, I, I uh, thanks again for having me on. I, it's just great to always talk to everybody about anybody about Star Wars people, especially people who are passionate about it. Yeah. Um, and that won't scream at you if you disagree with them. Yeah, I mean that's the key. That's the key. No matter what, <laughs> that's the absolute are, key. It's yeah. nice to just have a you know whether it's about this you know the new Jedi Order stuff, just to have a nice open debate about stuff and and to not have a you know to have a difference of opinion without having it turn into some crazy level is great. So I really appreciate you guys having me on and uh, nothing to plug. Just a just a man out in the galaxy, you know, just trying to <laughs> nice. take it one day at a time. Nice. Cool. One last, this is like, I don't mean to like cause a huge tangent while we're trying to wrap up the episode, but I did think of this earlier and you just mentioned the new Jedi order movie. So if like Ray is trying to start a new Jedi order and she, maybe she like needs other like people to help her, other force sensitive or other Jedi people to help her. When you do the math and you think Yoda says in empire strikes back that he was he's been training Jedi for 800 years. And then he says in return of the Jedi that he's 900 years old. So he started when he was 100. If you do the math from the end of return of the Jedi, when Grogu is 50, he's going to be maybe in his nineties by the time (laughs) new Jedi order happens. Is it possible? We're going to get a full adult Yoda version of Grogu in that movie. Hmm. Only if there's a picture of Grogu, having a backpack with Ray in the backpack. <laughs> we just go opposite to Empire and we just, he flips and Ray's in there going, Whoa! and that's the master that she gets the training from. He's still a tiny guy and she's huge yeah, on yeah, the back and flips. Yeah. <laughs> she has, he has it sideways. So yep. instead of up and down, it's it's vertical as opposed to hor- oh, or horizontal great. as opposed to vertical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, anyway, great. I don't I think I I don't think it's out of the question that we would see an adult Grogu mm-hmm. in that movie. Um I don't know. I, I feel I also feel I mean, 
you could say this about any Star Wars decision. I feel like that would be a hard needle to thread with fans to all of a sudden go from seeing a cute baby to like, oh, this is him as an adult a super long time later. Like, but who knows? Anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. Possible. We'll see if it happens. Um, but anyway, Steve, that's all I have to say. Do you have anything else to say you need to say about Star Wars Celebration or anything of that nature? No, but if we're wrapping this up, I think uh, you guys should all like and subscribe to the Multiverse Report on YouTube. If you're watching us, feel free to ring the bell and get notified when we go live. Uh, other than that, the Multiverse Report on all the socials, Multiverse RPT on Twitter, the Multiverse Report at gmail.com. Uh, leave us some sort of review, comment, concern, anything you want, and uh, we'll respond to it. All right. Well, thank you all so much. Uh, Tom, again, thanks so much for joining us to us. We really appreciate it. And to the rest of you, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And until next time, we'll see you in the multiverse.